is Tariq Talk. Your host, Tariq Mendez, takes you on a journey with guests from all around the world. Broadcasting around the world. Around the world. This is Tariq Talk. All right, guys. Today we are here with Yeeting Young. Um, thank you. Did I get it right? That's right. There yeah. we go. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Perfect. I was so nervous. Okay. Thank you so much for being here. It's a pleasure. Um, I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you for being here. How are you today? I'm doing really well. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah. And I have to say for the people that's going to be not only listening to this podcast, but watching the podcast, you have a beautiful... Um, Hanfu. Hanfu. Yeah. It's... It looks like, I don't know how to describe it, but the embroidery and the stitching is so flawless and so beautiful. So make sure to tune into the video part as well. Um, do you want to start off with telling us a little bit about yourself, please? Yeah, sure. So I'm actually an engineer by training. The reason that Tariq, I assume, has me on his podcast is uh, I would consider myself an art patron and a small-time collector. Uh, I remember... It was almost a year ago where I had no interest in art. Mm -hmm. um, it was about the summer of 2022 where I went to my first art fair in Brooklyn. It was called The Other Art Fair. Oh, wow. that's, that's the name. And, and then I think we met at Art Fair 14C. That Shout was, out to Art Fair 14C. And at the time, uh, you know, we were volunteers. Yeah. And I just remember... When I met you, I didn't realize you were all one of the artists. <laughs> um, and we have a funny story yes. uh, about that. There was a, a picture. We had a catwalk. Do you remember yes, the catwalk? Yes. And we were... Were we hanging it up or taking it down? I can't remember. I think we were hanging it up. We were hanging it yeah. up. There was one piece from yeah. Tariq that was just, that was just on, the, on the bottom of that wall. And I remember looking at it and just saying out loud, hey, I think that one's probably my favorite one. And it, it wasn't, it wasn't, oh, I wasn't made aware mm -hmm. that Tariq had uh, pieces yeah. at the show. Um, and what attracted me to that piece specifically was the texture. Yeah. It was, um, it was the bubble wrap yeah. like dried off texture that i really liked and and then and then i remember turning to you yeah. and you thought that i was i was just messing around because yeah. <laughs> the funny thing was when we were hanging hanging up the all the paintings with the curator i think it was liz if i remember correctly yeah i don't I, well shout out to liz for well, now yeah 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 but um sorry excuse me for my coughing um no, what I thought was interesting, because there was probably like almost 200 paintings there, right? That we were there going through and sorting, lot. trying to figure out like many various different sizes. And I remember asking you about, I was like, oh, what do you think of this painting? And then you had a very, what I thought was interesting was like your artistic point of view as a viewer. Like you were saying certain things and comparing to like different contemporary artists. And I said, oh my God, like you have such an interesting point of view that I, I never thought about like many things you said. And I was like, you're totally right. I never thought about it like this. So then when the wall was like 80% finished and I saw my painting hanging like on, on the, on the bottom, I, I wanted, I wanted to like ask you cause I knew you didn't know which one, like if you had a painting there. So I remember asking you, I said, Oh, what's your favorite painting on the wall? And you just like clearly said, Oh, I like that one. And you pointed to my painting 
and I thought, oh my gosh, that's so funny. It's like, who? So you already know that's mine. You saw like the description. <coughs> And I remember you're like, I did it. And I was like, are you serious? And we had like such a funny moment because I was like, there's no way in the universe, like out of like right. 200 paintings, you're going to pick the like the smallest painting that was there, probably like uh, 16 by 20. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry for my coughing, guys. And I remember like you choosing and, and us running to like tell like Josue was there. And we're like, oh my gosh, the funniest things just happened. So that's why I was like, this is like. I felt honored because you have such a good, yeah. you know, awareness of the art market and art in general. And I was like, you chose my painting. And I was like, wow. Absolutely. And I think, I, I thought you were the one who was who was just trying to be funny. Yeah. Um, because, like you said, there were a lot. But I think, I think that one was also very on trend for that year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I think now... There's there's a lot more you can do with texture. Yeah. And it's it's so like contemporary art yeah. has gone beyond just the two dimensional. Yeah. Uh, and not, not just sculptures, but having having a really unique texture on your paintings um, kind of gives allows you to stand out a lot more now. So I think what I really liked about that was was the texture, and I think it was really on trend for for that year because there were so many artworks yeah. I, I wouldn't just say paintings because paintings imply uh, a two-dimensional yeah. flatness right but i think what i like to see a lot is just having a variety of texture uh on a canvas yeah. or or a panel anything because then you're blurring the lines between what is what is sculpt what is sculpting and yeah. what is what is painting mm-hmm. uh there was another artist at that fair who I don't know if you recall, but I remember distinctly uh, his works. What, what they were on canvas as well, but what he did was crumbling newspaper or some f- form of paper up and yeah. making paper sculptures that stand out from the wall, um, and and that I think took sculpting to yeah. from from the flat ground to like the wall, yeah. and that's what uh, I I really like to see. Oh, that's very fascinating. Thank you for sharing that. And I also, the reason, besides like the pain in your in your art perspective and your art knowledge, what I thought was interesting is in your Instagram, it's like how you're always doing so many different things. Like you're doing like 3D printing sometimes, other art forms. And then I saw you doing, I don't know how to say it correctly in English. Is it welding? Like with the little pen or? Well, actually, you know, you know I didn't think of that as art. So, so I, uh, what you're talking about is, um, I'm just documenting the everyday tasks that I do as a lab assistant. Oh, wow. um, so like when I'm at school, uh, what I do is maybe I have to make some parts mm-hmm. for a class. Oh, okay. Um, but when I when you look at it closely, I guess if you frame if you frame the miniature electronic parts mm-hmm. um, and you and you take that and you expand it, it really does look so different, right? Um, I think on my LinkedIn page, I, I put as my cover, I, I opened my, I once opened my laptop, the back of my laptop mm-hmm. to replace a battery and just seeing all the dust, oh, wow. all the, all the little dust bunnies, yeah. all the grind that builds up on the fan and then seeing the underlying components, it's, it's really inspiring to think about how far technology has yes. come. Uh, and I think, I think technology and art is really coming together right now. Yes. Um, and, and we could 
we could talk a little more about oh, that. Oh, definitely, yeah. definitely. Um, yeah, so let's get let's get into it. Um, but yeah, that's so fascinating because I actually didn't know about the lab assistant part. I just thought, <coughs> excuse me for my cough once again. And the funniest thing was that you mentioned that little pen thing that, yeah. what is it called? Uh, they're just... Welding? Um, Am I saying it correctly? Soldering. Soldering, yes, yes. That's the correct. I actually, when I saw the videos, like you inspired me because actually when I was like uh, in New York at like an art hardware shop, I saw one of those, but I didn't know exactly what it was for, but I thought, oh, maybe I could oh. use this for future. So I, I had this thing in my studio for years, but I never knew what to do with it. And then when I saw your story on Instagram, <coughs> excuse me, um, I said, oh my gosh, I have one. Let me just like play with it. So I was like doing like, you know, just free stuff nothing really came out of but i learned how to use it so thank you for that so yeah. i was like oh my gosh you know it's like the universe that like us meeting volunteering the art yes. fair 14c and then just like getting to know each other briefly you coming for my to my solo show last year um i was like yeah you're the perfect guest i think when you when you talk about uh artists seeing something and then applying it to their own craft uh there is obviously a gap between i guess what i would call um very technical um very functional design right mm -hmm. and building so like welders electricians yeah. or or people who are just working to make a living right there they don't see their work they might not see their work as an art form yes um but th they're obviously building things that you you could never really just come up with yeah um and i think when you that that's where you could take a lot of inspiration from is just how things are made today yeah and how that might change how you create just f purely for for creative sake mm -hmm. uh, not trying to make something that serves a purpose um Sorry, guys, about my cough. I have it's okay. so annoying. Sorry. No, but I totally understand what you mean because when I was in Hawaii, I, I, there was this lady that was like doing um, weaving hats from like palm trees. Yes. And seeing her do it and the colors and everything inspired me a lot. And I think subconsciously, like two months after I came back from Hawaii, I started painting a lot of like women with long braids. And then later, when I was finished with the paint, I said, Oh my gosh, I wonder where this came from. And then, like, the more I looked to it, I said, Oh my God, it was the lady that was doing, like, those, like, you know, things you see, like, on Instagram. It's like yeah, the cool yeah, hats they yeah. make you out of leaves and everything. Um, so I totally understand what you mean. It does, like, almost get it. It's like, I always tell everybody, it's like, we all have this, like, subconscious creative eye cloud that you yes. can kind of, like, dab into and get an idea or another and then transform that into, like, a finished product. I think when you mentioned about going to, you said this was in Hawaii. Yeah. Um, it makes me, it reminds me that a lot of what we think as fine art, I guess, is, is so limited in terms of its cultural origins yeah. because uh, art is, is a very personal thing, right? Mm. And every person comes from a different culture. So I think... Uh, people t tend to have this idea of of painting as like oil paintings from yeah. the from like the 1800s yeah. right but what i love about contemporary so much is there's there is a revival of getting back to your roots um bringing your own culture to the table and showing the world where you come from and the techniques that 
you know, people would never know if it weren't for someone forcing it in front of you. Yeah. Um, so I think I would love to to see a lot more people of of color, people of my minorities, yes. um, trying to bring something from their from their ethnic background mm-hmm. and then that mixing it up with with uh, the established world that that the established art world that already dominates the market right now yeah that's um as you said like people um as when you mentioned you worked in your in your lab and you do like certain things with like uh wires and stuff like that and electricians i i totally agree with what you said because there is an art form and i remember i was i think this was in new york um it's like the it's a blue logo and they do like they give uh they're like uh, electricity providers and they like fix the okay. box every now and then. Yeah. And I remember one day I was like some, I had a friend coming and they were a little like behind schedule. So I just like observed all the, I thought it was so beautiful. Like the thick colors, like the thick wires, thin wires, they're kind of like woven into each other. It just reminded me like of a Persian carpet in a way. Oh. So I kept like looking at the guy, like pulling wires and cutting them. And I thought, oh my God, this is like so poetic in a way. Cause there's so many, like nobody knows what's he doing besides him right and it looks so dangerous to like the third person but to him he knows exactly what he's doing and that there was so much beauty and the funny thing was he's he's like oh do you need to and it's like no i just think it's like so cool what you're doing like i love how you're kind of like weaving everything and then he gave me he gave me like two big bags of these like i guess it was like leftover material he's like yes. normally i just throw this out because i remember like he like saw me looking at the the wires and i was like oh this is so cool i wonder if he has to like gonna use everything and he gave me like two big bags of these like thin little wires and thick wires and that ended up using like um i tried on the painting like to stick out i didn't like it too much but then i made um sculptural bags and i used like oh. i braided the wires into handles into like um like crossbody okay. into handles i've seen your bags yeah. yeah yeah i have to show you when we, we do like a art studio visit um but yeah so that's where they came from and it's so interesting that you um i feel like we were brothers in previous life because you say a lot of yeah, things that like takes me back to things either that like i've done or i want to do or plan on doing in the future yeah but it's when, yeah that's why it's so fascinating talking to you when you talk about repurposing uh, materials from like no from i i don't even know how to describe that yeah industry right because it's not just one it's not just one field it's like uh a very it's just making the world go around, yeah. right? Um, I, when I was in my lab, I remember having a student group, and they they have this project that they're doing they're, that they're doing for their senior design project, and it involved this metal uh, called night null. Oh wow! And what's really special about this metal is it's used in a lot of medical applications Mm -hmm. so normally when you bend a wire Mm -hmm. right it stays that way like if you have a straight wire if you bend it past a certain point you can't really get it to go back straight what's special about this metal was that you bend it you deform it you make it curly whatever you want to do and then you just heat it up and it'll go back to it'll its go back to the original, original shape. shape. Oh wow! But not only, but the original shape. You, it's not just a straight line. Yeah. What you could do is, you could heat it up, force it into a specific shape, mm-hmm. and it's like your and it's it's uh, it's similar to memory foam. Oh wow! Right, where this metal is formed into a different shape, and you let it, you cool it instantly. It's like it's like you you heat it up, you force it into a shape, you cool it with water, and then. 
if you put it into a flat sheet, a flat wire, but you and then you heat it up again, it'll go back to back to the shape that you made it into. Oh, wow. So there's there's so many, but that's just one um, that's just one example of how something that's used in, uh, I guess, science, yeah. right? Something that's more a different field, yeah. Yeah, and I, there's so many things you could do with with a metal like that. If you're if you're a sculptor, if you're uh, making wire like wire sculptures, or just the maybe uh, a de- an installation. Yeah. There's so many things that you could explore. I'm telling you, I'm telling you. That's so funny you said installation because my cousin, she's in Brazil. She's in Sao Paulo and she's work. She's like um, doing her PhD, so she's in the lab. So she just shares like that's all she does. With my poor little baby cousin, um, but she's always sharing like tubes and like thin tubes. I don't know the exact like specific names for them. But my first thought was like doing an installation of it, right? Where I yes. kind of wanted to like paint virus, like the stems you know what i mean oh, into the tubes okay. and kind of like put them against light and create shadow so that's so funny that you said installation because i think there's like beauty everywhere and like hearing there you talk is. yeah especially like in the lab like sometimes anything that's like very unfamiliar for me or i never done or i don't know much about i really find it like fascinating and i always get very good ideas from yeah. it you know um and I, I I do want to talk a little bit about AI now that oh we're my talking gosh, about like yes, how technology is changing yeah. things. Um, have you like I what, have have you used AI like any AI tools for your own create creative like creative stuff anything? I haven't used it yet, but I've been like reading about on what I can like attain to use it. Um, this is a project I have going on. Like when I was like. A little younger probably like six seven years ago mm-hmm. i was like djing a lot oh, okay. so and then i stopped when then i recently found like one of my dj tables and it's like perfect shape so i like was listening to my old demos and i was like my gosh I, this was like real so i was like yeah. listening to my old demos and painting and then i made me think like what what's in the market now technology wise you know that you could blend and it's so diverse so that's so interesting you brought that up like what about you i i i I think I'm a very early adopter of a lot of new technology. Mm-hmm. So I, when ChatGPT came out, I definitely yeah, used definitely. it for for some uh, some personal stuff. But I think there, when you look at um, the threat of mm-hmm. AI to artists and creatives, yeah, uh, I think a lot of people are they, they're uh, afraid of how good it can be at mm-hmm. making things. Yeah. Um, so there's, have you heard of Mid Journey? Mid Journey, no, I haven't. So, okay, I'll, I'll show you uh, a little later, but it's essentially, um, there. there's a lot of AIs now where you could tell it to give you an image or give you a painting. Oh, um, no, yeah, sorry, I didn't know the name. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah Mid Journey is one of the most uh, popular yeah. ones. And there's there's also stable diffusion. Oh wow! Um, so so when you think about how that could kind of re- maybe replace some yes. art, um, it is a little scary. And replace artists too. Yeah, yeah, because but but when I think about the type of people that use these mm-hmm. services, um, they're not the same audience yeah. as people who are buying f- directly from an artist. Yeah, I think what's really cool about this technology is it enables everyone even they if they don't have any skill mm-hmm. or if they can't draw if they can't paint or they think they're not good yeah it enables them to get their own commissioned art yeah. 
um, that comes from their own mind, right? Um, and I think it's it'll be it's really useful for people to find art yeah. for themselves to just decorate their their room with. Yeah. Like um, accessible art, right? In a way. It's it, it's Very absolutely that's yeah. the right word. Accessible. Yeah. It is making it so accessible for everyone because you can't you can't as an artist i'm sure that when you price your artwork you're not you have to consider who's buying how many yeah. people are buying um it's a careful balance right yeah. between between making it making it too low and then you can't pay for anything no, absolutely yeah and then making it too high and then they no one sell <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> yeah but um that's so funny because my favorite things on TikToks is like when people show, you know, they'll like screen record their screen and they'll be like, oh, today I made this AI service program, like show me like different characters, whether it's like from Disney, from Marvel, whatever their favorite franchise is and imagine them like in a different genre, like in a different setting. Oh, yeah. And it's like so fascinating how like accurate but creative I think it is. You know, like they'll ask like, you know, Batman, like... 5,000 years from now and then Batman like a thousand years ago and it shows yes. you like and it's so historically historically accurate but so creative and diverse that like it's ideas like I never I never even think and I think it's so fascinating but I also think it it's like very scary yeah you know because I it's like that movie iRobot that's yes, like yes. my like subconscious what I always think of in a way like this is amazing but where could it go if it outsmarts us you know yeah uh, I think change is always is always a little difficult yeah. um, because, but I, I, the way I see it is that it forces, it for, it speeds things up mm-hmm. for the, in for the art market. Yeah. Um, if you're an artist and you know that there's a computer who can make your, your style, mm-hmm. um, right just a hundred maybe not a hundred percent yeah but if it can imitate your style to a degree where it's almost indistinguishable by just the regular person looking at it then it forces you to really find the loopholes where what what can i make that can't be repeated what can i make that can't be imitated yeah and that's always how uh i think that's just always what creativity has been yeah. uh, is trying to do things new, right? And now you just have this bigger challenge. But the people that come out and and still have something to to show the world mm-hmm. at the end of this like re- technological revolution, w- they'll be uh, representative of what the human creativity can do, and that's what. Um, that's like the other side of the story is yeah. you're going to have people who who might be really good at something and they might make art that's in a very specific style uh, but they'll be forced to change and think outside the box yeah. right? um, and also AI is it's I think it's always being trained on something that already exists mm-hmm. so oh, well, there's no there's true. no fear that yeah. it'll make something new mm-hmm. um, but I think artists can really take advantage of of it in the sense where you have you don't have to f- worry that it'll replace you if you're the one 
who can create your own AI yeah. bot, right? If yeah. you, if you master, if you, if you like, I, I think of, um, I think of, uh, the AI that we have right now, it's, it's, it's a little bit like Harry Potter. Yeah. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah, do you yeah. get that? Um, yeah. and there's, there's a whole, like in, right now, instead of learning how to write code, yeah, I feel I think that we're just learning how to talk to computers, yeah, which is really fascinating. There's this, there's this entirely new skill, which is how do you prompt, how do you talk to an AI, yeah, to give it the results that you want. So maybe um, we'll be forced to in the future be really creative about being very specific and knowing what we want. And that I think that'll unlock a lot more doors because if you're able to describe, if you're forced to describe what you're thinking about in a very specific way, I think then you might you the possibilities are just endless. Mm -hmm. So that's uh, I, I hope to see. I mean, a lot more, yeah. I think you're totally right because I see like AI slow, not slowly, but kind of like rapidly go into different fields. Yeah. And depending on the field, I see like some hesitation on people. Like they're not sure, like, you know, whatever their field is, how the, their, let's say their demographic will receive it. Like, for example, I remember not too long ago, like, you know, Nicki Minaj, that single she did like a, like an AI music video for yeah. like, instead of doing like a normal lyric video. And that oh, and yeah. it was like amazing. And now I think um, there's an I forgot the name of the singer, but she did an uh, AI music video. So I always thought about that. I said, you know, I feel like people are going to be able to get really creative and yes. cut and like do things that they would probably have to depend on green screen before, and they might be able to like cut budgets and save money and invest that into AI and go, like go above and beyond. Yeah. So I think it's I think it's pretty interesting. But I, the, the only thing that scares me is. Um, like great artists like you know michael jackson yes. prince people that have passed whitney houston amazing people i feel it is i don't know who's handling their state but if it's in the hands of the wrong person they could easily something could be released let's oh. say allegedly right something could be released and what's the guarantee that that was like a demo that just got you know let's say remastered and it absolutely. wasn't something created through ai you know absolutely i think that those are the areas that could be yeah yeah um but i think so i think the the desire to have verification yeah is so strong yeah um, when you see what's possible and it's it, it's like how do you how do you authenticate mm -hmm. a piece of something um but maybe with maybe it's not so possible with someone like michael jackson now if you if you bring something up I think it'll you'll be very skeptical to yeah. s to think that it was him, but with with living artists, um, I think being able to 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 reinforce your original work as your own and distinguishing it from uh, from a AI generated piece of work mm. is, is so important now. But part of I think part of what makes um, I think part of what makes people attracted to art isn't always the piece itself. I think part of, a big part of that is always a relationship with the mm -hmm. artist. Um, at least, if it's a local artist, if you're if you're able to meet them, right? If they haven't gotten world famous yet, uh, I think that connection is 
gonna be absolutely irreplaceable uh, because you can't you can't have an AI show up to to represent your own yeah. art at to greet you and right, talk about exactly. like create a process. That's amazing that you say that because I know. Oh, sorry, <laughs> I just hit myself with the microphone. <laughs> I notice a lot like with. In America, people really care about the product, like the final product, yes. the product. Where outside of America, people are more interested in the art first. Who you are in, as an artist, where you are in your career, what's your creative process, what's your influence, and where do you see yourself like in the next ten years? Yeah, those are always like the conversations that are happening with like the out, the market outside of the U.S., which I find way more entertaining and fun to talk to. You know, talk to them about and talk about the art versus just like okay like this is made out of oil acrylic that's it that's what people hear like right. you know it's way more i think like culturally enriching the conversation to talk about like the whole you know a to z versus just oh there it is it's almost like you're like in america you're just like a, a walking qr code that's <laughs> that true people just like you know give me an answer quick i, I need the qr you know yeah. what I mean? where every, every everywhere else in the world um they want like the whole process they want to like you know they want to like that meaningful rich conversation and i think that has to do with uh with the way that society values mm -hmm. something i think because america is such a it's such a symbol of capitalism yeah. it's such a symbol of the free market um you care so much about about material yeah. products um, that the artist sort of gets lost, yeah. um, especially with really high end, I think like multi-million dollar sales, mm -hmm. right? When you get into that market, um, to the Christie's it, auction block, right? <laughs> I, I was just, yeah, absolutely. Like those auctions. I, I mean, when you go to see those, when you, when you see an auction, it's so different from, talking to the yeah. artist directly right there's no obviously it's all a bunch of representatives yeah um it's an auction house rep selling things in lots it's uh and then you've got your bidders who are just on the phone or mm -hmm. like online it's like a, like very mysterious yeah. you know buyers but then when you when you get down to i guess a like a more affordable range then it's more of a one-on-one -on -one connection yeah. with the artist between the the buyer and the artist it's a lot a lot of times you you meet them you meet mm -hmm. each other you build a rapport yeah um you really get to know this person not as just someone who does art you get yeah. to know who they are why they do what they do where do they come from because there's a lot of that um all of those factors build a story and i think when you're when you're looking into decorating your home and bringing a piece of art into your life mm -hmm. um, it's not so much how much money is it worth but rather what kind of story what kind of stories do i want to collect in my home and what That's kind of stories said. i want to share right because mm -hmm. every time someone visits someone every time someone sees that piece of art mm -hmm. you're gonna have to be the messenger yeah so i think um there's this the the spectrum of how well you get to know the artist is it's really an in it's like a balance it's an mm -hmm. inverse scale yeah. in a way um 
in when between the the local artist and the multi-million um, auction houses. Mm-hmm. And what do you strive when you're collecting a piece? Like, do you when you're like you're you're at an art fair? <coughs> so sorry about my cough, guys. When you're at an art fair and you strike the conversation, are you kind of like more curious about the journey? Like, you'll take a look at the art, then you like go back to the you know looking to the artist, and you kind of want that you know that one-on-one to later bring back that knowledge to the art and see if it like clicks with you and if you connect to it i think first thing that i always think about is do i like how it looks yeah right uh on the most basic level you're it's it's something that you look at every day so there's always you know there's always so many artists and so many different types of art so many styles some some are purely uh two-dimensional paintings uh or they have a certain color theme they might have sculptures made of some very interesting material or very ornamental styles um the i i know what i noticed about my existing collection is that they make me feel they make me feel like i'm a child oh wow so I think when you're, when you grow out of, I guess maybe middle school, yeah, right. When you're in, when you're heading into high school, you're heading into college, and then you become an adult, the world loses so much color. Yes, right, right. Yeah. And so, trying to find some of that childhood, um, trying to find something from your childhood where you had no. What was that? What's that phrase? Um, you didn't have a care in the world. In yeah. the world, it's so hard to find uh, when you're when you're just struggling to yeah. pay your bills, or you you got you go to work, you come home, or you're you're out with friends, yeah. and you know you have all these obligations. But as a kid, I think I remember when you're in daycare or like kindergarten, you had. Like you had art class, yeah. right? Um, you had all this time. You you were on the playground. You you know, you were writing. You, you were drawing with chalk. You were using crayons, finger oh painting. God, yeah. um, so much of that is is not something that you bring when you're an adult. Um, so, and I think that for me, it's I'm lo- I'm looking for some very vibrant colors something that's a little surreal something that only a child mm-hmm. might be able to see um and i it's not to say that i don't like the the extreme realist um artworks that are out there i think when i when i step into my home and i'm tired after a long day and I'm on my bed, and I look up. I want to see a wall mm-hmm. that's that's you can connect to in a you way. Could, yeah, um, and it kind of takes. It's a little. I think you want something that's a little fun. Yeah, it's a little lighthearted, um, but you also might want something that that you kind of connect to on a cultural level. Yeah. So I I don't. I think that when. So I think that for me, because I'm a small-time collector, I'm collecting for myself. Um, 
I'm not so worried about the resale value mm -hmm. that you you might think when you when you think about art collecting. I think some people think of like hundreds of thousands of dollars, right? Yeah. The, they think the go of, big or go home. Yep, yeah, they think of the auction houses. They think of like, oh my god, this this sold for a record yeah. record price. Um, but the vast majority of people who do collect art, I don't think have that type of capital where they see it as an investment mm -hmm. or as a financial investment. Yeah. So for for the rest of us uh, who who really appreciate it for the aesthetic, yeah. um, I think that you're not so worried about whether this artist will, will blow up, yeah. will go viral in the future. You're worried about um, the the process of this artist like i know when you have your guests you're always asking for the creative process yeah um so you care about the process because you want to know how did how did a piece of art be how was a piece of art birthed, birthed? in a way yeah. yes it's like you're raising a child yeah exactly in a sense. um and then when you know the background behind it that then you don't just see the surface level um, you see every little stroke, you see every layer yeah. uh, underneath, and then you step back. So now you've, you've gotten the process, and then you step back and then you look at it again. After knowing the context, yeah. after knowing their story, what does this mean to me now? Yeah. Um, and sometimes it's, it's just, it looks, it looks pretty. Yeah. You know, if, it's, if it looks pretty, why not? Yeah, <laughs> and some, sometimes a little more beyond that. Maybe it has a, a fun little effect. Yeah, um, maybe it has a really relatable story. Mm -hmm. um, but I think for for everyone, they approach it differently. And what I always encourage people to do is is to just go out and see what's out there. Um, I think for me personally, I just wanted to get into this world and see. My my initial motivation was really, why are people paying millions of dollars for for some pieces, right? And I think I walked away, um, seeing a very different side of this world instead of instead of looking at the Van Goghs or the uh, or the Andy Warhols, I was looking at like local artists and more smaller artists who yeah. haven't made the world stage yet, but yeah. they, but they still have something um, that you connect with that you want to be a part of like you want to be a you want to be a part of this community that is supporting them yeah um and i think that in the future i would be i would be really happy to say if i could if I could look back on my life and say that um, I was able to support these artists during my life because I liked something that they did and I wanted them to become even bigger. Mm -hmm. So in a sense, it's like you're voting with, with your dollars. Yeah. That's beautifully said. And first of all, going back to you said creative process, thank you for listening to the previous <laughs> episode. That's so kind of you. And um, and then addressing how you said, like, you know, s talking to the artist, seeing the work, excuse me. <coughs> Sorry about, I know the coffee is so annoying. Sorry. And like, you know, seeing the artist talking to the artist, seeing the work, 
it reminded me, you know, like when Dumbledore takes that little memory thing out. Yeah. It's like, to me, that's like what art is. Like your art is like a piece of you in a yes. way, you know? When you make the, you're able to like turn it into like a physical product. And then it's almost like that memory oh, goes yes. into the world, you know? Yeah. So you saying that, that's what it reminded me of. It's, um, and it really is a physical, I think, of like like everything that you make is really a physical representation of of your soul mm-hmm. or your spirit um because every like i like we talked about before yeah. culture is a big thing yeah. right um and not only does every culture have their own techniques for making art but the way that you see the world is so different when you're from different cultures so something that something that you make you might see you might see things from one. Uh, what's I'm trying to. Th- you might see things from one worldview, yeah. right? Um, but but then someone else comes along and they see your art. They don't have any context, and they might see something completely different. Yeah. So part of, I think part of creating is, is putting your own thoughts and your own emotions into something. And seeing how that translates when it gets interpreted by someone else mm-hmm. that's and having to having to either make the decision that you're going to make something so mainstream yeah. where it's easy to understand or you're making something that's very personal to you where they have to have all the context yeah. to fully appreciate it um, I think that's a very big decision that mm-hmm. every artist also makes and as a collector you also you also want to be aware of is this something that someone made to appeal to the masses yeah. or is it someone that's a very that's made something that's very personal to them and if i take ownership if i take a part of them how can i honor that history how can i um how can i pass on this story because if it's not something that they're just giving out because it's pretty then there's an emotional aspect of something that you need to really be respectful of that's beautifully said the thing that i thought of those beautiful that you said is not only how you cherish um, the relationship of the artist and the art that you collect but also how at the end of the day you you know that's kind of like i would say like a main point of your day where you can go home and relax and connect to the art i think that's like I never heard anybody say that. That's very beautiful. And that's like a true art lover. It's not just, you know, somebody's just there for aesthetics or Instagram is a selfie, which happens a lot. Like 99.9%. But, um, yeah, that's, that's beautifully sad. And yeah, I think when, when you, when you talk about Instagram, that's really, um, Instagram is such an interesting platform for, for art because it's, I think it's a necessity nowadays, mm-hmm. right? If you want to be successful, you have to have an Instagram page. And it I think it's just one of the many modern problems, one of the many problems for modern modern artists. They have to they have to be their own marketer. Yeah. And they have to be they have to take on so many roles um where I think maybe back hundreds like centuries of years ago you just made art someone bought it from you maybe you had a dealer (laughs) right marketing was just was just people other people talking about you but now 
if you're posting on Instagram, you have to you have to really be active. Yeah, and you keep might, up. Yeah. You know. um, but what's great about Instagram is I think what's great about maybe Instagram and all types of digital art mm-hmm. now is that I think people who might normally not have a fan base, mm-hmm. uh, people who might be artistic but they might not be they might not be a full-time artist let's say like they are able to build a fan base now and you could be just someone at home with an ipad and you could make digital art and start building start building a platform um but if you if without instagram like without the internet you the gate the the barrier to entry would have been very high because you would have had to print it or you would have had to network make, yeah, right make so something much, yeah so i think that what's 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 really nice about the the internet now is the ability to have some really small artists who might not want to go big mm-hmm. who might won't be just content with their their fan base online they could continue to make art just as a hobby and yeah. and still be recognized for it um and it's i think there's a lot of communities where you could just support someone and they don't have to go and exhibit they don't have to go to galleries or fairs yeah. and that's i think that's just a really nice aspect of of the modern art world yeah you know? no that's amazing because like sometimes when i'm painting you know like you have like an outer body experience yeah like i have like some random thoughts out of no you know like when you go to bed and you think something embarrassing is like 20 years ago or 10 years ago yeah but i'll like sometimes i'll think i'm like my god people really were like three two hundred years ago like there was no internet there was just like social like gatherings network word of mouth so you it was just like either like doing commissions or somebody came into your household painting yeah. like oh it was by this artist so it was like this total like business process that we have nowadays you know? oh yeah and i i think the the process was so much more difficult mm-hmm. too historically um not only not only did you have to find and source your materials yeah but i think back then you had to mix your own like paint, paint yeah. right but now like i have an ipad at home i have procreate i yeah. i could open up the app and just go and uh, i could also just download like images online and yeah. mess around with that there's so many there's so many tools that we oh have oh my god yeah like and some of them look so authentic to like like a sketchbook i would say like to oil oh, pastels yeah, yeah because it's they so, have yeah the technique like with the apple pen so it's like sometimes i have to like <laughs> double look at it because i'm like how did they get that art so smooth like oh, how yeah. did they do this this blending so like so perfectly well and then like i'll zoom in with my fingers I'm like oh this is digital art but for a second it really does look like authentic like it's in like a physical on paper yeah and it's it saves a lot of it's really environmentally friendly i mm-hmm. think it's you save a lot you don't have to waste so many materials so yeah. much materials um because if you if you just want to do something and you want to throw it away at the end you could just mess around delete yeah delete and file. it's just like so satisfying because you don't have to get up with throw it in a trash can you know like i feel yeah. like and i talked to a lot of previous guests like when they create something earlier in my career i used to be the type that used to like get angry and be like Ugh, and throw it in the trash right away but now yeah. i'm just like no let me let me let me let, i'll let it sit I might use like parts of it. I might paint like paint over it, 
But the beauty with like you know digital art, it's such a clean process. You just yes. delete, and it's like you're refreshed. It's like you just had an express, and you're ready to go again. There's no frustration. There's you can only go up. You know. Yeah, and that's um, the the simplifying the process. I think is is such a cool part of of how technology ch- advances. Um, going back to what we when we were talking about AI if eventually you know you wouldn't have to even draw anything digitally you could just think mm-hmm. and the way you think will might be able to generate some some form of art yeah um, and now we're just seeing digital art too right but I, I what i think might happen in the future this is my prediction is that you you will eventually be able to um, design something on a computer in 3D and I'm not talking about 3D printing guys this is but I, I'm thinking what if you just have like a a, a sculpture design and mm-hmm. you don't have you're not a Michelangelo you can't carve marble um, but what if you want to just have a sculpture and have a robot that carves out this sculpture for you like in your residence or yeah well I mean it could I mean yeah. ideally right you yeah, would ideally, be, yeah, do be it amazing. in your living yeah. room um, but you know, I work with 3D printers a lot right now. There's just it still has its limitations. It's nowhere near as mm-hmm. as beautiful as um, carving from a raw material. But I think what's what's really cool about it is it offers a glimpse into the future mm-hmm. because anyone with a 3D printer can, can do anything. Right, right at your house. Yeah, sneakers, like sculptures, whatever. Like I love watching the videos of people like. That they'll get a drawer and they'll or, like literally measure everything in the drawer oh, to fit. Yes, it's so satisfying. Yeah. It's like it, it's, it's endless. Yeah. It's similar to just when you're a kid and maybe you first found out about 2D printers, mm-hmm. like laser printers, like yeah. color printers, and maybe I, I and and then you you first think, wow, I could print yeah. like all of my favorite superheroes. Yeah, like I could print Tarzan from yeah, my computer, yeah. have it in my bedroom, and hang it up on my wall, like. Instant and even now, I think uh, I think we just get bogged down so much just by everyday living that yeah. we don't re- revisit that as an yeah. adult. But recently, I've thought about how you could just, as any normal person, can just print their own stickers and yeah. decorate their wall. And and stickers are just for people who are too lazy to draw their own stuff, yeah. you know. But I I really hope to see in the future maybe just you have your own art robot that can make 3d or 2d things and not just this is not just pixels but it's like the motions of painting with Mm -hmm. a brush um that would be really cool to see yeah yeah that's so funny you touch on that (coughs) excuse me because picasso always said never lose your inner child like that's what he said like towards the end of his career he's like the reason i'm so successful now and i have such a vast amount of work is because i like touch my inner child every day like you know I emotionally you know like cater to it and, and see how i can like bring that onto the canvas um like as you said stickers like you know when you walk in new york city sometimes people give you promo oh, material yeah. and then like certain things will like remind me of my childhood and i'm like my gosh i used to be like such a free thinker you know it was just like so spontaneous it was yes. just like you know a cloud could be a car well, like there was nothing mm-hmm. holding you back like when i remember like when i get and i started this new process so it all came from a sticker i got a sticker from a guy that was like promoting something i like took it out it was like an experience like peeling the thing and it had like um like that i don't know the 
the right term for it, but it was like that metal where it's like a rainbow, but it looks like silver. Oh, um, you know what I'm talking I know about. what you mean. Yeah, yes. I forget that. I forget there's like a specific word. Um, and I remember, my gosh, like I remember, like as a kid, like take having so many stickers, putting in different places, taking it out, putting it on my face, and like eating my cereal, drawing, having my cartoon. You know what I mean? Yes. And then I start like I I just started this recently, um, like finding things from my like that I still have in my parents' house from childhood and like taking and bringing it to the studio with me. And in a way, it's almost like muscle memory. Like when I have it in my hand as I'm creating something or around me, I can like touch into that like spontaneous creativity. And it's just like the work is just like so much more vast. Like I'm not focused just like if I'm painting the vase, I'm focused like on the whole living room and that living room is in a farm and a farm, you know, and there's yes. no room. So really, I think it's very important as you said to like, you know, be able to surround yourself by art that you can connect with well of course you gotta have your investments or whatever but have that connection to it and i yeah. think it's very important uh and what you said about the inner child makes me think of the reason why children are could be considered so creative mm -hmm. uh and part of that is not having not having been alive long enough to yeah. to be not brainwashed but to have all these ideas <laughs> by the zombie world right in a way, right so so when I, I think maybe when you're able to just live completely free of responsibility yeah. like if it's just your mind without a body yeah then that's like that's when you when you just see things through a completely different yeah. perspective because children when they when they when they're growing up you don't have to pay rent yeah you you go to you wake up you eat you go to sleep maybe you have school but at a you know when you're a little kid you it's enjoyable it's interactive even whatever you're doing yeah yes yeah um, yeah but i do recall like having like my first real job and feeling like i was like a zombie like i was like in resident evil what did you <laughs> sorry for my coughing again um i just felt like i don't know i felt like i went like i you know like when there's oil spills and you see how yes. it affects like wildlife and it's so heartbreaking. Like you see a duck cover, and they yeah. can't like flap their wings. They can't walk. They don't know what to do. That's how I felt like in my first job. And I remember thinking like, my gosh, I haven't like had any creative thoughts for like six months. And then thinking like, oh my gosh, everybody's like that. No wonder why everybody's like right. sad. Like we're being like you know, waking up at six, force fed breakfast, then you get on your commute, then you find it with everybody to get to your work. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And it's like humans were not meant to live like this, and I'm so glad like 2020 happened in a way because we were able to all take a pause and That's like analyze true. and mm -hmm. think like okay let's slow down let's put things in order you know i saw a lot of people get like people that i never even been friends since like childhood that i never seen them like have any interest in art like create their own living room paintings because they couldn't find what they wanted they said you know what let, let me go get some plaster let me go get a canvas and let me like you know what i mean yeah, yeah. i what you said about everyone taking a pause during 2020 was so uh, was so true for me yeah. um because i was i was a, i was living with my parents and you know we didn't go anywhere yeah. really you know you stay home but then it's you're forced to you're forced to forget mm -hmm. about the future for a little bit yeah because it's so uncertain you can't predict anything and once you once you forget about your plans, once you throw all that out the window, then you start to think what 
what do I do with all this time? Um, because you don't have you don't have the same your your entire world is just different when yeah. you know when you're in quarantine, and I think a lot of people started new hobbies, mm-hmm. and that I'm I'm really grateful that people were were forced to take that that break, um, and I remember. I remember thinking, "Is this what retirement feels like? <laughs> <laughs> is this what if you know? Is this what it feels like um, if you're just if you're out of the industry and just yeah. living at home?" But then you start, you know, once you get past that initial uh, that initial, oh man, I have so much time. Then you start thinking of long term yeah. projects. Like, what am I going to do with this time now? Right, and yeah. then you want to learn new things. Yeah. You want to you want to build things yeah. and make things. Like that, eager to be better. That eager, that it, like yes. That eager to have an interest in something instead of just like, you know, looking busy at work, stretching yeah. your lunch break, then looking busy again, preparing yourself for the commute. Yes. And, but as you said, like having having the eager to learn something, like being eager to ha- like to have an interest and having that energy to have an interest, not just like surviving. You know what I mean? Like not going to like. <coughs> Working corporate America for me was always always about coming home yes. and mentally preparing myself for the next day. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, how can I do this? Is it is it Friday already? You know what I mean. So I th- I think I thought it was like a beauty. Like so many people, depending like on your age demographic, a lot of like people were able to like do things that they always wanted to but never had the time to or didn't even know they wanted like deep within. You know, like taking dance lessons, like cooking, gardening, whatever they could just to dive their heads in you know that's yeah you know i did actually yeah. try to take some i i did like try to learn how to dance in my in my bedroom yeah during covid i oh, it was wow. so many things we it were was, so like creatively free i think like yeah because it was like we don't know how long we're going to be here the like literally di- you could the die. options are endless yes. you know what i mean it was like life or death at a point so Absolutely. why not make the best out of it you know oh, yeah like we, i remember ugh, i remember like trying to learn how to cook so many things and trying to figure out because you know sometimes the grocery store had like crazy hours it would, wouldn't open so you had to do what you could yes. and then i was like oh my god food is like sculpture making in a way you know i really did uh yeah i also got into cooking a lot yeah um, i think when you when you there's this spectrum of food as a science whereas an art mm-hmm. and what i think now is um are you the type of person who follows recipes or do you I have just like very big problem like a struggle following rest because See, first i'm bad at math and then yeah. like i don't have, i get easily distracted and then i think oh i can just because i love cooking with like what i have like making something with what i have or mm. or have a vision of it you know but i really struggle it's like being in school for me it's like a True. doing a math problem what Are i you good yeah i i don't like what i like about recipes is they're easy to follow mm-hmm. they are like just uh, they're like a science experiment mm-hmm. you're, that you should be able to just yeah. follow and make the same thing at the end. Um, but what's I think when you go beyond recipes, you you don't see things as just you don't see food as parts of uh, you don't just see foods as like part of a recipe. Yeah, you see each individual ingredient and you see the relationship between yeah. like everything and how it tastes, like the color, the texture, yes. everything. Yeah, and then at that point. You could you could start making your own art through cooking because yeah. then you get to decide 
I'm not gonna follow a recipe. I think this amount looks good. This amount weighs good, and I I think that's what a lot of um that's what a lot of like our parents and grandparents they're used to. You know, is just having that feeling of what's right and how things come together. And I think when you get good enough at at art too, uh, I think when you learn like at first when you're in school, you learn about the color wheel.、Mm-hmm. You learn about Mixing colors,、yes. like red and blue, make、yeah. green, and then,、uh, but then you start seeing, like I've, I love watching those videos where、um, they color match with paint, where they take、uh, a picture or an object, and then they start taking different colors together with, like、uh, when they take like a little painting, to, like to let's say like the river, and they'll blend in that painting、yes, in yeah, a way、yeah. to the horizon. Yeah, yeah, that's really、um, fascinating. But But then, when you watch the process, they、mm-hmm. sometimes use colors that you don't yeah. think belongs. <laughs> yeah, like it'll be like a blue sky. They'll use like some crazy orange or like a hot pink. You're、yeah. like, why is it? Like, what are you doing with that? That's not at all in the color palette. And, but that's that's really the I think a very human process.、Mm-hmm. Um, because ideally, you should be able to make. The colors with just like a very few fu- foundational in- ingredients,、um, and I think if any if any scientists were to try to、um, color match, I think、mm. have you seen those computers where they have、um, at Home Depot or where they make p- oh the paint, paint yeah, the, the, I'm so fascinated with it's, those. It's always three colors, yeah, right? Do 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 yeah, yeah. But that's a very、um, it's like a very scientific way of、yeah. doing it. But when you see a human do it, they it's,、so、it's not、different. like they're using three colors.、Yeah. They're using like ten Vast different majority. Yeah, yeah. So,、um, but that's such an interesting contrast between how machines, how、right? machines and humans think differently. Because you think you see a color and you think, oh, this needs a little more blue, yeah, a little more white. And you do but, the like that. Double、yeah. check, and, that's and not just with art, as you, like as you mentioned, but also like assembly line. I love watching videos of、mm-hmm. where they show like when it's like an assembly line of how humans make things、yes. in certain steps. Like each person has a task versus a machine, like two robot hands,、mm. and they simplify so much, especially with like fences, yeah, or like certain like bolts or whatever. The, like it would take like five humans doing five different tasks at different times a day. Where the machine will literally have two robot arms, they just like do twist, bend, and they drop, and the product finished. Yeah, I'm、and、so fascinated by that as and well. And that reduces, like, the whole goal of that is you want to reduce the amount of variation、yeah. in that assembly. You want to and you want to make it as consistent as possible.、Mm-hmm. But that's that makes sense if you're trying to ma- mass manufacture something. But I think when you th-、uh, when you look at something that's handcrafted, what you really want. Is a lot of variation in in that one object, because a master would know how to make something so consistent, but yet he's a human,、yes. or he or she is a human. So, being a human and developing that consistency is part of the art, but that the consistency itself also has very slight variations that will distinguish your. One product from another that just machines would never、mm-hmm. be able to really intentionally introduce. It's like if you have a machine, you could intentionally let it be a little less accurate. Yeah.、Um, but when you have a human doing something, you could 
the human becomes very good and very accurate at it mm-hmm. and then that's where it becomes a habit and then they can introduce a lot of different factors um into their work absolutely yeah yeah i agree with that so how do you feel about like ai in terms of like affecting art and like its industry yeah so i think like we said it it'll be so much more accessible for the average person who can't normally afford to buy commissioned art Mm -hmm. um and i think it'll have its own little market Mm -hmm. in a way um and i i think there might be ai art fairs ar ai galleries where you know that everything that you see is just AI generated. Mm -hmm. And there's absolutely no question about trying to pull a wall over your head. It's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's AI generated. And I know that I recently saw an AI exhibit at the MoMA. Did you, I don't know if you were, which one it was i forget which uh artist it was but it was a the video yeah it was like a was like giant sh- video yeah, yeah. and it was in the lobby right it was yeah. like when you walk in that's the first thing that you see what did you think of that um i think it was i i was i was always thinking about first of all that it's always interesting to see a video mm-hmm. uh art it's always interesting to see video art because Either you had to record it mm-hmm. with a camera yes. and you had to go out and find something or you're on your computer and you're going you're going through some program generating uh, objects yeah. and ov- and obviously the AI couldn't record it so yeah. it was you know it was someone behind the wheel like on a, on a computer um, and it's it's so interesting that Back in maybe early 2000s, people were drawing with MS Paint. Oh, uh, and yeah. now you have an entire industry where you let a computer do some of the thinking for you. Mm. And it's uh, like similar to how video games get more and more realistic. Um, I think the graphics that you see from like those AI-generated videos, as they get more and more realistic, you're people are also going to be able to identify them um, through some characteristics. Yeah. I think we can't do that now because we, the videos that we see are so, we're so used to some of the most minimum requirements for yeah. being, for having a video. Um, but I hope that people are able to build a discerning eye in the future um, when it comes to what's real and what's not. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, so but uh, going back to, to going back to the is that good we're good okay. yeah sir um but going back to that one exhibit i think what's what people when people saw that they knew it wasn't real right it's it's like you know when when it's a computer and when it's yeah. not and you're still going to maintain a lot of the human aspect in the future um yeah. i think i think about chess when we talk about AI because mm-hmm. uh, back in the like the last century I I won't I don't remember when the first chess computer was made but it was a whole big deal when a computer beat a human right oh, but yeah. everyone thought that this is 
like not possible like it's just the end like yeah. you're 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 ending an entire sport yeah but now people still play chess people get better at it because mm-hmm. they have computers and so i think a similar thing might happen where in the beginning you think oh this is going to end like oh, this is going to be the end of a an era yeah but i i hope to see artists taking advantage of all this yeah. technology in them oh absolutely yeah. and then they'll they'll get better at their craft yeah right like well, i totally agree with what you said instead because of, people need to adapt like, yeah that's like they i see like a lot of conversations especially in the congress right now people are saying oh my god this is the end of the human race no you need to adapt like yes. you know like the body changes and regenerates itself all the time that's we should like be you know, it's good to have competition. It's good to want to better yourself, think outside the box, and think, find a new way. And I think that, you know, as we said about, like, the AI doing pain, he's like, I'm right now thinking, like, when it does, like, you know, marble sculptures and it carves something, like a sketch that you do for your house or wherever you want. Yeah, but, um, yeah, so maybe they'll have their own galleries. Maybe yeah. they'll have their own market. And there will there will be collectors for those. And I think someone will probably pride themselves in having an entire collection of AI mm-hmm. art. Um, but that, just like how digital art hasn't kicked, just like how the digital art market hasn't completely destroyed the physical art market, yeah. um, I think AI generated art won't destroy human generated art for the for a similar reason, which mm-hmm. is that art itself is about it's not about the function it's not about what it does for for your standard of living it's about how um how you relate to it Mm -hmm. and in the context of more um in the context of a more intelligent ai i think that the human relationship will stand out as the key distinguishing factor mm-hmm. um, when you throw out because when you get rid of when you get rid of the technical details and it's just two people connecting with each other that's uh, that's something you can't replace with an AI so mm-hmm. the relationship going back to the relationship between a collector and an artist I think it might be really fun to eventually see that an artist's job isn't just isn't mainly to create mm-hmm. but rather it's mainly to talk to people and talk about themselves in a way where maybe you're doing more marketing but instead of spending so much time on creating a piece of art you're spending a lot more time on on connecting with your with your base absolutely and uh like where i have an art studio the last like three months i would say mm-hmm. i've seen a lot of people that you know they do small like 14 by 24 paintings of like you know they, they do plein air painting i saw like i noticed they switched from like the physical oil and acrylic to digital art where they're sketching on their iPad or using other technology and they like they prefer it so much more because you know some of them are not full-time artists some of them can't afford yeah you know they have a family they can afford like oil paint is very expensive you know what I mean so in a way they're 
and a lot of them say like this is their best work because they're you know creatively they're they're free from everything all that's they true. need is a charger and wi-fi and, and a good a good like you know apple pencil and that's it and they're like doing things that i never thought they could do you know like i didn't know like they could take a style above so i do think that um ai will like you know step your game up in a way as an artist yeah. you know and i feel like there are, there are artists that even with ai you won't be able to uh, duplicate the work because it's so complex the, depending on what the medium is you know i think when the more specific that you get with uh the more specific an artist gets mm-hmm. the less possible it is for ai to replicate it mm-hmm. so for example if you were to reference something in your art that's that's that only you know yeah. that's from a very specific time in your childhood that's from a very specific place that you've not shown anyone there's you could try to describe it you could try to describe it to uh, an ai model but it won't have the same impressions that mm-hmm. that you have um, and i think i think about how how people when they go to art school they learn about techniques right like drawing techniques sketching techniques um and in the beginning they try to be very real they try to emulate real life yeah. um and i think ai just kind of cuts that away it, it it takes the place of how how realistic do you want me to be i could be as realistic as you want me to be right <laughs> yeah but th- so then it's like oh well there's there's not really a point then to yeah. there's not really a point to uh trying to be realistic if if a computer is just gonna do it like that um but it's uh, i think i used to have this very uh naive idea of why do people still try to paint things if we have cameras Mm -hmm. you could have a photograph that replicates something and it would do so uh, like a hundred percent you know accurate it would be a pixel for pixel replication but the reason that people want to do something realistic is because of the fact that it's very hard so when you have an ultra realistic artist and you know that he's doing something with his hands Mm. which is not his his hands don't have eyes his hands only knew um how to make motions in the air and the the translation between seeing and translating that into motions it's it's basically what ai does already yeah right and effortlessly and effortlessly but for a human to do that that is that is very different so even so i think maybe maybe in projects where where what you're looking for is purely the final result obviously you might not care if it's a human who did it but everything goes through a process and and with you know that with performative art it is the art is the process so the process is never going is is always going to be a part of what makes something Mm -hmm. very cool like van gogh's starry night is uh it was made when he was when he was in his uh when he was lying in bed and he was sick and he he didn't see the the night at all 
um, or n- maybe not. I don't. My history is not that great. <laughs> <laughs> it's <laughs> but, okay. Uh, we don't judge but, you. You know, it's it's not um, the process of like how did someone overcome that seemingly impossible obstacle. It's part of what makes it really cool yeah. and really worthy of your attention. Yeah, um, even like Picasso's blue period, like seeing the blue paintings and then questioning why are they all blue and then learning about it i think it's like um like what is it the museum Picasso museum in barcelona mm-hmm. is when you dive in and you see like that relationship of his personal life and how it re- reflected onto his art yeah i think that takes it i think ai can't recreate that where you know what i mean oh yeah i, th- I think AI, i mean i'm very excited about AI. i think i can take things to the next level we never dreamed of but as you mentioned, it does miss that relationship, that process. You know? And uh, I think what a, an avenue for existing artists um, who want to be more involved with AI or like use it to their advantage um, would be to collaborate with some of the computer scientists who are mm-hmm. building these models. And because right now, you know, you don't have to. You don't have to be a good artist to to make an AI that's good at art. Yeah. You just have to be a good computer scientist. Um, so all they're doing is just taking what's what they they see as art and just gathering a lot of data mm-hmm. and then and then putting it through a like a mystery box and then yeah. outputting something. But if you have someone who understands a. a who has very specific ideas of what the end result should be um, or someone who has the full story, has the context of everything, it, it might you might get a very different model in mm-hmm. the end. So, um, and, and you, you could absolutely create your own little custom artist AI too. Like, like yeah. if you, if you want, you could put all your paintings into a, into a, machine learning program and then just have it output a, no, a new painting and you're like oh yeah. wow i never thought I, about it that way i could yeah. have made that but yeah. i did it yeah, yeah. yeah so but i could have made that but i didn't is always i i feel something that people say about contemporary art yeah. is oh like I, I could have made this like mm-hmm. this thing in the gallery in the museum yeah. i could have painted that it didn't take notes but then you always say to them like you know if you if and you why think didn't about you? <laughs> yeah why didn't you right because it's because yeah. you go and you see these things in museums well, you're absolutely right the key is i think there's two ways there's the, the i could have i you know i could have done that like oh so that, like i never did that because it's so easy i never thought to do that but then there's also the oh my god i could have done that but i never had the idea to do that like if you were to yes. put it, like if i put all my paintings into a painting that gives me like this amazing like breathtaking different perspective to like you know paint a subject a different way i could be like i really never thought about this is amazing i'm gonna try that versus like oh i could have done that i didn't you know what i mean yeah um i could have done that yeah so i think the majority of when i have those thoughts it's like i if someone told me to do this i could have done that right but no one no one ever tells you how to make art so uh, and and i do you know you know that one artist who uh, who cut the canvas? Mm-hmm. Who like sliced? Like slice, yeah. And that kind of was like a, I forget the name of it. But yeah. uh, yes, but that was sort of 
breaking through on a barrier, right? Yeah. Because people never think, oh, this is just a canvas. Like, what can yeah. I do with? But except for to paint on Instead it, instead of create an image, make the right. canvas itself an art. And then someone else, and then but then now we look back on it and we think, oh, if if you wanted me to cut through a canvas, I could have cut a yeah. cut through a canvas. But uh, no one, no one ever tells you to do stuff like that, right? Yeah. So, um, that's that's why I think when when you think about AI, it's it's a little silly because AI is like a little kid that you're just telling. To do things similar to this, yeah. So it's like, if uh, it's like AI is that one person who says, "I could have done this," and then you say, "Okay, well, here, keep yeah. doing you more." You gotta hit them and why didn't you? Go, 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 do this. Go do it. But yeah. then, like, you're only doing this because someone else is telling you to. Exactly. But people who are making things that are that you you don't see before, there's no, yeah. there's where who's gonna tell them to. But yeah, I think like right now, like we're just what's that expression like dipping your toes in the water in a way because yes. there's a I I don't remember exactly, so I'm not gonna give the location, but there's a big well-known gallery in Chelsea that they just did a press review. <coughs> excuse me, last week, and they use like how do you say Chat G Chat GPT GPT Yeah, and they used instead of like having the like the press communications person do it it says created by uh chat gpt and that was like the talk everybody was like oh my gosh this what is this gonna mean are they gonna represent you know ai artists and then even being thrown in space like anything could happen anything you go like wherever you know yeah and part of being creative is making those connections between yeah. things that you didn't think were possible yeah and maybe getting those like maybe that frees up a lot of your brain power if yeah. someone else can show you all the possibilities yeah. for this like one specific style and then you think oh maybe um now that i've seen what's mm -hmm. possible is there something i want to explore is there something i want to change in this is absolutely i think that could help a lot with like you know art writer's block but for it, the art art artist yes block. artist block <laughs> Because like so many previous guests that I interviewed, they said like they um, struggle a lot with it, and some of them weren't, weren't able like to create anything for up to a year. So mm -hmm. like imagine you're feeling so stuck, you're like, okay, let me try this, and boom, you're just like given like this like on a silver platter in a way like fresh inspiration, creativity, yes. and a perspective you never like you never imagined you could reach, and then you can like use that and excel on top of that, and then when you get there, use it again, and then like you know what I mean. So you could like literally like live. 20 artists lifetimes into one in oh, terms yes. of work you know because it uh it does save it's convenient yeah. that we, we've talked about how convenient digital art is but um if you have if you could skip the entire brainstorming process or the the sketching yeah. out your ideas process the second just, guessing because we're right. humans that takes a lot i think from emotionally and physically as an artist oh, yeah. like you could have the beautiful sketch or if you do the before you paint or you just start painting but the second guessing that that's like five ten minutes every brush stroke yeah. you know what i mean then you add that up that's like a long time so it could easily like facilitate mm. we should come out with an app uh, while it's hot could you imagine like uh for like you know how like art forum magazine has like an art guide app yes come out with like ai app that's a great or, maybe we shouldn't put it out there so somebody takes it but that's <laughs> just a random thought you know um, like direct demographic yes, artist. yeah I, I was just thinking about 
NFTs now、um, that we're talking about digital art because、mm-hmm. uh, I I know it's a very co- it seems to be a very controversial、mm-hmm. type of it's a very controversial space for、yeah. for art I think、uh, and I don't what do you have any opinions on it like do you、um, do you want to talk about it I think it needs to be. I think there needs to be certain regulations on it. I think、um, you need to know what you're doing, or have somebody that you know what you're doing. If you're like the buyer prospect, prospect, or if you're an artist and somebody's interested in your NFTs, you need to know the business aspect of、mm-hmm. it instead of just endlessly creating. So I think you know maybe not having regulations legally like through Congress, but you know like knowing the business side, both as a buyer and as an artist creating the product. But yeah, I, I'm all I'm all for it. I lo- the love way, the idea. The way I see it is, I think a lot of people are just confused.、Um, they don't know anything about it, which makes it very scary. Yeah.、Um, and it it opens up so much room for for people fear. To, yeah, for <laughs> yeah. to to be afraid. Yeah. And, and I don't.、It. I would not doubt. Like I don't blame anyone for if they look at it and think why this is just like a. Why wouldn't I just download this to my computer?、Right? Exactly. And I think, and I think that's、um, the ability to download things to your computer and print it out is another. It's another modern luxury that we、yeah. have, which is so beautiful to think about. And because I think, if, if NFT, if the idea of buying digital art came before the idea of seeing images on the internet. Then this would be an entirely different discussion,、yeah. right? If if the when the internet first came out, you had to you had to buy you had to make a payment to download images. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs>、um, but I th- and I think I think the problem with、uh, NFTs right now is one that there's no there's no agreed upon.、Uh, Techno- there's no agreed upon marketplace、mm-hmm. to to be like a to、the、be go like to. to go like a、yeah. go to、yeah. right. I think it would be really interesting if like Sotheby's or Christie's if、mm-hmm. they had their own marketplace for NFTs, and then that would that would give it just so much credibility right、yeah. there.、Um, and man, I, I should not be giving them my. I know I that's what I'm saying. Like we're having like this, what do you call like stream of artistic consciousness? Yeah. That who knows who's listening, just、and、cut us a check <laughs> and put us on the board. <laughs> yeah,、um, I think the the legitimization of of NFTs is probably it has. There's some relationship between the legitimization of NFTs、mm-hmm. and how much respect is placed on digital art as、yeah. an ownership of digital art.、Um, it's similar to I think. Prints、mm-hmm. in a way where, if you like a paint,、uh, if you like a painting and you want to get a print of it, you you could do that. Yeah, and it won't be the original painting.、Yeah. It won't be the original art, but it will be. It will be so. It will have the same visuals、mm-hmm. as the original, that it achieves. Uh, most of the effect that you, you do、get. that as a kid, like go. Get prints of art.、Um, I don't think I. I think I had post like those posters,、yeah. 
right? Because po- thank you so much for being here. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. I'm so happy that we met at the art fair, and now we're here in a podcast. And it's not only almost not even a year, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. So who knows what we're going to be doing next? Like AI. Yes. Um, do you mind sharing us your Instagram with us? So yeah, can of course. You? My Instagram is eating pudding. Y i d i n g p u d d i n g. That's my personal Instagram. So you could follow me and all my art journeys as I go and look at things and maybe collect some things along the way. Um, it's also where you can reach out to me if you have any questions or you want to talk about anything we talked about today. Perfect. Thank you so Perfect. much. And if artist wants to like to reach out to you and set up like an art studio. Um, open studio to have you. It's totally chill, right? Totally sure, cool. I would. I love meeting. I love meeting new artists all the time. Yes. Perfect. Great. Perfect. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Until next time. Until next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to Tariq Talk. Follow Tariq Talk on all social media channels and check out the video interviews online. 